Did the Chicago Bulls have one of the most disappointing offseasons in the NBA? Well, Bleach Report seems to think so as they listed the Chicago Bulls as number two on their list of most disappointing offseasons. We're going to talk about that, plus slightly going to the mailbag. All that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host here, Hayes, but more importantly, you guys could follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. And the only topic that we have today, because it is Sunday, it's the mailbag, and it's a late mailbag on top of that. Listen, the Bears played. I had to cover the Bears for Bleacher Report, and they continue to suck. But with that said, uh, I want to talk about this article from Bleacher Report. They listed the seven teams with the most disappointing off-seasons in the NBA. And so the uh, number one team in that was the Atlanta Hawks looks uh, because of their move of John Collins not getting much back in return. And basically the overall questions around that roster overall. But at number two sit our Chicago Bulls. And the main thing that they looked at with this offseason and they listed as a negative for the Chicago Bulls is much more of the overall lazy ass writing that I don't like from Bleacher Report. Right. And th- th- this is is they listed the main thing uh, as far as far as it is. Nikola Vucevic, re-signing Nikola Vucevic to a three-year, $60 million deal that was well below typical market value for a center of his of course, and the fact that they decided to keep uh, De- De- uh, DeMar DeRozan and uh, Zach Levine. Now, with that said, they look at the trio uh, of them making combined $86.5 million per year uh, this upcoming season and having a net rating of only plus 07, which was, I believe, the first year that they've had a plus net rating on the court. And so they look at the mediocrity that the team has had and really don't talk about the fact that they lost their starting point guard, never really had a replacement, right? The fact that they've dealt with injuries outside of that over the last, you know, two years on top of that and things. And when you look at Nikola Vucevic, right, and the fact that the Bulls did resign him, one of the things that I talked about on why the Bulls had to resign Vuce is they, they just did not have the realistic assets to replace him or a center of any type of caliber that can replace the production that he brings to the Chicago Bulls, which would make the Bulls a much worse team. And that is one of the things that I do want to talk about, is that while I know Bulls fans are, and I was disappointed, I did think that the Bulls could look to do a little bit more this offseason, especially considering they did get the disabled player exception uh, approved, is that the Bulls went out and they added vet pieces. Now, I and many other people do think that the Bulls are going to be a much improved team this season with the veterans that they did, what they did uh, add, when you look at the assets, right, the fact that the Bulls still have almost half of their mid-level exception, still have a biannual exception, now have a disabled player exception um, of over $10 million, it really comes down to the fact that ownership and their inability and non-desire to pay the luxury tax, which really tied the hands of the front office in a way to not improve the team even more. Now, that is not to say that that completely excuses it, right? But I do think that most teams, when you look at it this offseason, about 90% of the teams in the league, if not more, this offseason would have uh, used that disabled player exception, luxury tax be damned, to bring in more talent to this team. This team didn't even use their full mid-level exception in a case like that. And so there are questions around this team. You guys know I talk about them every week here, and I try to be really objective in talking about that. Yes, we added Javon Carter, right, who... Uh, Bleach Report in this article's list as the best uh, one, and while he's a fine rotation piece, isn't going to be a piece that really pushes the Chicago Bulls. 
And that goes to that more casual mindset that I talk about, right? Is that not looking at how some of the in-between moves and improvement in the margins can help this team win drastically more games. And the fact of starting off the season with a healthy Zach Levine. Now, one of the reasons they also listed in this article as a reason why the Bulls season was disappointing is that no, this, that there's no clarity right now on DeMar DeRozan's future with the Chicago Bulls. And so, you know, there are questions, and I will never act like there aren't questions around the Bulls. I'll never act like I'm somebody who, you know, can't, can't see a world in which the Chicago Bulls do struggle at points this season. But overall, listening as one of the most disappointing offseasons in the NBA I don't necessarily agree with, right? Now, if you look at the expectations, if you look at the assets, the fact that the Bulls did not add that, I can see they did not add the names that a lot of people wanted, me included, right? But they maybe went out and added the right pieces to this team, and that remains to be seen via how the, the, the it takes shape on the court for the Chicago Bulls in this upcoming season. Now, to round out the seven teams that they listed, the Los Angeles Clippers were also listed on this. The Philadelphia 76ers, especially with what's going on with James Harden, was listed there. The Portland Trailblazers at number five. Uh, the Toronto Raptors at number six. And the Washington Wizards as well at number seven as far as disappointing offseason. So what I feel like this really does, and you look, you'll you hear there's a lot of Eastern Conference teams, right? And the middle of the pack teams in the Eastern Conference are all going to be tight. When you look at the Atlanta Hawks, the Toronto Raptors, right? In that middle of the East, when you throw in the Chicago Bulls in there as well, especially if things pay off for the Bulls in a way that I think they they could with the way that they improved in the margins, the Bulls are right there. It really comes down, at least in my opinion, to how this team comes together in this season, right? How do the players that they added help make things easier on the on the, the core three players, right? And also, when you look at it, the Brooklyn Nets, right, who finished sixth, the New York Knicks who finished fifth, right? I do look at the Milwaukee Bucks, Boston Celtics, and Cleveland Cavaliers as teams that I do think are going to kind of stay around where they were. The Philadelphia 76ers, I think, are going to drop. They're still going to be above that, that mid-echelon, though. But when, really, when you look at it, right, the Nets, the Knicks, the Hawks, the Heat, the Bulls, the Toronto Raptors, and even the Indiana Pacers out there in there as well, as they were right outside the play-in last season, are all kind of those middle-of-the-pack teams. And how the teams come together with coaching, with development, things like that, are really going to tell the story of how that Eastern Conference is going to shake out. And I do think the Bulls can be right there in the thick of it, but it really comes down to how how well this team comes together. And a, a team like a player like a Zach Levine coming in fully healthy, do we get development from Patrick Williams, Kobe White, right? So I do think this team is going to be in the mix, and they could have a chance to avoid the play-in, but they're going to have to be coached well. They're going to have to play with a certain level, with consistency, and have relative health in a case like that, and we'll see if the Chicago Bulls do have that in 2023-24. But with that said, let's go ahead and get into the voicemails for today. This first one, this one's from Casual Kelder. Hey, man, it's Kelder here again. This time I've been thinking a lot about um, the Bulls and their pace. Um, the Bulls, I mean, you talked about this. They were a top-10 defense by the numbers, by points allowed, um, and they were also a top-10 team in um half-court offense. They were bottom 10 in everything else, but in their half-court efficiency, I know that they were a top 10. Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the non-stop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way 
and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code Bull Central. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code BULLCENTRAL to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. I think um, that is basically a function of um, they're off on defense. Uh, they cut down the transition. Now, why did they? Why did they have to do that? Why did they cut out all the transition? What do you think? Um, is it because it's just a strategy what the coach thinks they should do? Is it because certain guys, um, named Zach Marvuch, don't can't get back fast enough to stop transition defense or pay attention or cut off transition? Um, you know, plays. Is it that? Or is it a strategy? What do you, do you is he covering for the flaws of their top three guys? Also, like on offense, um, half court efficiency. We know that's from Demar. Um, is that doing a disservice to the rest of the team though? To you know, go that slow. Like Patrick Williams, is he better in transition? We don't know because he just runs to a corner. Well, Javon Carter helped that. Would that help Levine unlock something else uh, with that pace? You know. So, what do you think? Is that a strategy to cover for their players, or do you think that this is what the coaching staff thinks is the best thing to do just in general? And might we get to watch a more exciting brand of basketball this coming year? Like, know what you think? Bye. Kelder asking, and this is honestly a really good voicemail from Kelder, as far as the Bulls' pace, right? And so, and then you also talk about the half-court defense. I'm going to focus on the defensive aspect first, right? When you ask why the Bulls get out in terms of now, one of the things that you said there is that the fact that the Bulls don't have players that can get back defensively in transition. Well, we limited the opposing team's de- uh, transition point, so that would say that we actually did get back there pretty good. Now, why we did not go for offensive rebounds, it is because we do not have the best half-court one-on-one defenders in the NBA. When you look at DeMar, when you look at Vooch, when you look at Zach, right? These are players that have typically struggled in half-court defense, and so that is why you see the system be what it is as far as basically foregoing uh, chances at offensive rebounds to rather go back and set up on defense to put yourself in the best situation defensively, which did work for the Chicago Bulls to be a top five defense in the NBA overall. Now, I do think the additions of Javon Carter, point of attack defense, uh, Torrey Craig just being a general all-around good defender and a point of attack defender as well at times. You got Patrick Williams, got uh, you got Alex Caruso, I hope he gets in. You also have uh, Kobe White who took a big step defensively that the Chicago Bulls should look at being a team that is pretty decent defensively now as far as your question on the offensive pace for the Chicago Bulls that is where you get into post personnel DeMar DeRozan does not like playing in up-tempo basketball I think almost everyone else even though I know uh when last time I talked about this a lot of guys said well Vooch in an up-tempo offense Vooch actually does pretty damn good I think people confuse a faster pace offense with meaning thinking that you automatically mean go run and gun right there's a completely different aspect of that Vooch as the trailer and even when we had Lonzo Ball pushing and were a faster offense, did excellent in that offense. And Vooch can be effective in a in a in a faster paced offense. In run and gun, no, he's not going to be in that in that good at that at all. And I do think that the Bulls have limited their pace offensively because of Demar Derozan. And I'm not saying that uh, we're, we'll get into a different conversation, but like I do think that that is part of why that has happened. Right? You do limit it because of because of Demar Derozan. And when you really look at a lot of pieces on this team, I think that they can benefit 
from a more up-tempo offense. But, you know, that is what it is. We'll see if the Bulls' pace does improve. Javon Carter is a point guard who hasn't really had the ball in his hands a lot over the course of his NBA career, so we can't even really look at him to say if he's more of a push-the-pace guard or not. He can be. He can thrive in that. I think also with his shooting and defense, he can help get us out in transition to play that faster pace, but it really comes down to how this team comes together and how Billy Donovan coaches them and if he can kind of coach to a scheme that is better. I also look at the bench. I think that bench unit is all players that really benefit from playing a more fast-paced offense, right? I think every member of that Chicago Bulls bench, theoretically, uh, plays better with faster pace. Kobe White, better with faster pace. Alex Caruso, better out in transition. Dalen Terry, if he gets on the court, better out in transition. Torrey Craig, if he's the start, he can be okay in that. Andre Drummond, better in transition, right? Io DeSumo, better in transition. So these are players that play better when they put in those opportunities, and it is up to head coach Billy Donovan to coach them to that. And we'll see if that happens this season for the Chicago Bulls. But let's go ahead and get to the last voicemail for the day. This one is from Reginald, and he has an interesting question. Hey, hey. Uh, I finally uh, managed to catch up on the first season of the NFL. Man, I was thinking, uh, what if uh, the Bulls have won that uh, point off and drafted uh, Magic Johnson? Like, how bad they were. They also got a chance to Michael Jordan. Uh, do you think that was in a successful uh, one-two punch? Back then, it was always, you know, still a little man, big man. What's your opinion on that? And also, fuck uh, Kevin Porter Jr. And Nick Jones got the, uh, man, he has so many brothers out there. Put their hands on women, especially the uh, professional athletes. Some damn reason. They just blow an opportunity that, you know, they fucked into or worked hard to get to. I got no respect for them. I hope they kick them out of the league. So Reginald asked about Magic Johnson coming to the Chicago Bulls. Uh, if the Bulls would have drafted him and got that opportunity, I think that completely changes the future of the Bulls, right? Do the Bulls get MJ at that point, right? And so I'm somebody who I, I, I don't play what it could have should a lot, and I do think that the Bulls franchise would have been a lot different if they drafted Magic, Magic Johnson, but I don't think the Bulls at that point get MJ. And so I think everything worked out in his favor. Uh, Magic, great player, right? But he also came in to a great team, and I don't think the Bulls get six titles over the amount of time that they got it in if they drafted Magic instead of uh, Michael Jordan. That's just my personal opinion. Um, so I think that everything happened the way that it was supposed to happen in that case. We got MJ, uh, and we got our six titles, and we're looking for title number seven. We'll see if we're ever able and lucky enough to get it. Now, as far as the Kevin Porter Jr. part of it, I've, I've been very vocal on it. Like I, I do think uh, he should be banned from the NBA, but more importantly, I hope that the justice system does their job, and he gets us some time in prison. That's my personal opinion. And like I said in the last couple of episodes when asked about this, I don't give a fuck how anybody else feels about it. This is my show. That's my opinion. But, you know, that's it for my, today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Chicago Bull Central. Make sure you guys are following the channel at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullcentralpod at gmail.com. And then lastly, if you want to leave a text message and or voicemail, the number to do so, 773 773- 270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. Thanks to you guys. And like I liked in every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See you right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.